Okay, gang. So uh, it's election time. It's our first endorsement episode. Very important local endorsement coming up after the break. But first, a very important message. Happy birthday, America. Yes, indeed. As we celebrate our independence today, as we celebrate our birth as a nation, a day that kickstarted a a, a revolution to gain our sovereignty, let's admit that this last year's trip around the sun was also another head scratcher. Um, Great look. But let's also remember that (laughs) we are babies. You know, as a country, we are basically going through puberty in comparison to uh, other countries' timelines. Um, and we're going to go through growing that? pains. We are going through growing pains. This is not an excuse to say this. It's just a reality. And this is good because we got to keep learning. we got to keep maturing. we got to keep striving. we got to keep climbing. we got to keep building. And we got to make sure we maintain hope along the way as we continue to evolve. Why? Because it's who we are. Why? Because the alternative sucks. <laughs> I believe that America and you and I, I believe we're an aspiration. All right? We're constantly in motion. We're all the weird way. Trying commercial. Trying to dream more. Trying to be more fair, take the right kind of responsibilities to gain the right kind of freedoms. And we got to keep realizing that we're a place where our individual pursuits and desires uh, need to be appreciative and supportive of our collective responsibilities as Americans, hence the United States. Guys, he's talking about communism. Of (laughs) America. Sure, we're each unique. We're each independent. But we are part of a social class. Innate abilities that others don't have. uh, The means of production. As people and as states. But at the same time, we are all in this together. And if you don't purchase that, move on. Go somewhere else. So, as we celebrate the red, white, and blue this weekend, let's be sure and just reflect just a minute. Take a little bit of, in, little bit of inventory on where we've come from, uh, where we He's are. He's got like a little bit of gym um, teacher. And how it's very funny. And where we want to go from here. On the way to being the best we can be. Now, what if that was a song that each of us just said, I can't not sing. What? I want to be a little bit better. You want to be a little bit better. Let's be on the way to being the best we can be. Let's make that a song we can't not <laughs> sing. Why? Because it's who we are. I keep thinking it's going to end. Happy. It and keeps again, going. <laughs> Let's rock America. Happy birthday. Just keep living. I'll see you there. Damn. Let's rock America. That's right. This is the official Mechanical Freak endorsement for the governor of Texas. Mark your ballots for cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, McConaughey, he would probably win if he ran. I really hope he runs. Uh, could you imagine, As though, we said before. If he had to put a summary of that statement that he made. <laughs> like, what are the bullet points of that statement? America is, rocks because We are babies. <laughs> yeah. We are babies and no, dude, songs are about- good. Well, I think we were babies. Now we're pubescent, which is why McConaughey oh, is right, right, McConaughey's right. interest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, my oh, God. No. That is what he said, isn't it? Oh, no. Oh, God. Well, now you got my attention. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> uh, um, okay. If you guys, for those of you who haven't seen it, I mean, check it out because you don't get the, like... The link in the show notes. The... 
gym the teacher, look. as Brian yeah. said, sla- slash the like yeah. 80s nightclub, like Miami <laughs> nightclub, like yeah. gym yeah. teacher goes to Miami nightclub in 1987. The, the ponytailed hair and the pink graduated gold rim navigators mm-hmm. are <laughs> a fucking mood. Well, basically, this is what your gym teacher in high school looks like as he comes out of your mom's room at like noon yeah. on Saturday <laughs> and he gives you this speech and you just are standing there and he leaves. <laughs> Ooh, man, I heard him talking about, uh, you know, solidarity and forced collectivization. So mm-hmm. hey, I'm, I'm all for it. it. Great. All right. Uh, cocaine for Texas governor. Wow. Me? No. No, 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 no. Welcome back to Seattle, home of the Bezos B-1 rocket, ready to launch itself to the outer solar system and beyond. Uh, joining us in the cosmic nothingness, I have Gregory right in front of me at the kitchen table again. <laughs> and we have Cassidy, who, like a good guest, is not always at my house. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hey, Cassidy, you're back. You're in PA. You're yeah. not out on the road anymore. A great, a whole like end of an era, you know? The end of an era, dude. I'm definitely like having some post road trip depression. It's fine. Um, How's but yeah. Oh, Sully's Sully's hyped. He loves he loves my parents' house. Like it's you know three times the attention, treats, huge backyard. So he's hyped. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean the road trip was great. Had a great time. Um, but you know now it's time to buckle back down and uh, apply to three fake jobs a week. So hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of, I don't know. Tell me if this has ever happened to you guys. So I had to work this week. <laughs> yes, that's happened to me. Mm-hmm. In yeah. fact, this week it'll happen to me. <laughs> uh, so I had to work three days. Ooh. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But then I had two days off. I had Saturday and Sunday off from working. Whoa. Celebrate America. And then I had to go back to work. The same job <laughs> had not ended. <laughs> And I went back to work on Monday, today, Monday. So I I worked for three days in a row. Then I had two days off, but they weren't even like real days off because like I just knew I was going to have to work again on the same job on Monday. (laughs) You probably had to like do stuff that you weren't able to do the previous days because you were at work, you know? Right, right. Things build up. I, I mean, mostly, you know, I really didn't do anything actually because like I don't get, I don't get to start even think about being productive till I've been not working for many for several days and have no plans to work for the rest of my life like nothing on the calendar (laughs) that's when my mind is really free to like start like accomplishing tasks you know but but this was like this two-day period it just felt like i wasn't even days off because like i'd worked three days and so my work hangover had kicked in and I've still got the headache, the work hangover headache that I mm-hmm. like went to bed with Friday night, 
you know, but I had to work today with that work hangover headache. I, I it's 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 criminal that I had to be that I was meant made to do this. Yeah, really terrible. What's that soda you just stepped in, Cassidy? That's <laughs> Sprite. Can check. <laughs> yeah. I'm back. <laughs> Back on my bullshit. <laughs> well, you know, Greg always loves bullshit. Telling us about the one day of work that he had. I'm sorry, three days of work. Yeah, three in a <laughs> row. Then this criminal two days off that just, yeah. again, was wasted in a work hangover. <laughs> and then I had to work today. Though, I finally, upon arrival at Bryn and Brian's, I did, I had Dav cured my headache by taking a handful of Tylenol and several beers. So I feel fine. The American yep. way. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, Greg, uh, I'm sorry about your having to work uh, one day this week. Do you have to work any more this week or no? Do that. Uh, Oh, thank God, no. Good, good, good. Well, good for you. Well, Greg, I I think the good news is you'll never have to work again because I, like many in America, have gone back to the movies. And uh, what I've learned by going back to the movies, watching the new Fast and the Furious movie and the new Purge movie, is that, in fact, movies are done. They're over. They're all bad now. Uh, I also saw the trailer for the Sopranos movie. Even worse. Uh, Dude, so you're, you're out of work, Greg. You're fine. There's no more movies. On, you're okay. Dude, you're on my wavelength. Finally, Brian. <laughs> Finally. That's what it took. It took a Fast and the Furious movie being bad by Brian's standards. Uh, for Brian to get on my wavelength and finally admit that um, cinema is dead and all movies are bad. Yeah, my two favorite franchises that I have an unapologetic uh, stand for. Really disappointed. Two weeks, two Fridays in a row. Uh, so movies are done. No more. No more, please. I'm good. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, Greg, don't worry. No more working. Cool. Hey, that's me. I hear that uh, on the show, we got to do a little bit of work uh, that maybe we have some sort of local endorsement happening. Yeah, well, you know, we've been threatening this uh, for a long time and we've felt to say which local taco chain we appreciate most. Yeah. Taco <laughs> time or uh, is there another one? <laughs> uh, Taco Del Mar. Or Taco Del Mar. Yeah, uh, that's an easy one. Let me go into my uh, famous rant about <laughs> taco time and Taco Del Mar. Um no, uh, so we've been threatening to do this for a while. I guess we felt in uh, some way obligated to do some primary election coverage. You guys excited for this? Oh, yeah. yeah. Local, local elections. You know, Here we go. Get me going. So, look, we're not doing like a big whole roundup of everything. There's going to be more, more election primary coverage to come in the future. This week, we're talking District 9 everybody <laughs> talking prawns maybe we're talking we're, we're tossing that cat food <laughs> we're, we're getting genetically mutated <laughs> uh turning into fucking bugs yeah we're radioing home we're learning about ourselves uh and maybe a little thing about a little bit about tolerance along the way yeah all right so this city ca- seattle city council district nine Seattle is the city you live in. Uh, there are nine council positions. It's not really a district, this one. I've <laughs> already confused you. Two of them are citywide at-large positions, eight and nine. One of those is currently held by Council President Lorena Gonzalez, who is giving up her seat because she's running for mayor. 
Uh, that's a race we'll we'll get to in a future episode. Um, but some uh, brave challengers have stepped up to fill Reina Gonzalez's shoes to run citywide for position nine, and we're going to talk about some of those people. One of those people uh, comes up from time to time on this podcast because you know from time to time I mentioned that. Neil Blomkamp, we're big fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, from time to time I mentioned that uh, I'm getting out there some weekends uh, and knocking doors for one Nikita Oliver. Cassidy, you, you've come out and knocked doors uh, for Nikita. Yes, I. it was literally one of the last things I did before I went on my road trip. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not going to... Um, Take, I think a lot of you out there know about Nikita Oliver um, because Nikita's, you know, uh, an important uh, leader in this town, in this community. And we're going to spend some time doing something we're more qualified to do, which is just be <laughs> mean to uh, the yeah. other losers who are running. And cool. But, you know, I do want to take a time to do at least a, a personal endorsement. Uh for Nikita Oliver here. Why Nikita Oliver? Sure, I like their politics. Nikita's a committed abolitionist, as uh, we all know, which is hard to come by in a, on a ballot anywhere in America, actually. It's pretty, you know, you know, we can, we're all, we're on this show always talking about how much we hate the cops and how much we'd like to get rid of them. But, like, that doesn't mean it gets, it comes up on a ballot all the time. You know, they're, committed to the fight against white supremacy, something that conversely you might actually hear from a, a lot of a certain type of lib, but Nikita is out here talking about uh, how white supremacy is rooted in capitalism. Nikita talks about power and who holds it and how to organize to get it. Uh, Nikita will talk about what we think of as economic issues and tie them to everything else. This is from their website uh, headed basic needs and safety are intertwined. When people's basic needs are met, we build safety. Meeting basic needs is a baseline for community safety. Our city deserves better options than violent policing and mass incarceration as our only choices for public safety. The majority of what we call crime happens because people do not have their basic needs met. In order for us to create a safer city, the safer city we imagine, we need affordable and social housing, equitable transportation, affordable childcare, fully funded schools with school counselors, restorative justice coordinators, and health services, more culturally responsive and accessible youth programs, health and sex education that teach healthy relationships, accessible mental health supports, an array of community-based options options for supporting domestic violence survivors, and the list goes on, uh, listing a lot of uh, other important sort of policies. This is a, you know, this is the kind of holistic view, you know, a holistic economic view that, uh, that I subscribe to, and I think we do here on this podcast. Yeah, and you could ask, what more could a brochalist beardo want in this grim hell we call a city? The thing is, like, that's not enough, actually, to get me interested 
in a campaign, not by a long shot. Uh, it's not nearly enough to get me to go out and knock doors, you know, uh, to like show up at a time and place with other people and do something. It takes a lot more than that to get me to to, <laughs> to step onto land and like, <laughs> you know, commune with my neighbors. Leave your sea legs behind. Yeah, exactly. Which, as we mentioned, you know, you you can all come out and join, too. There's going to be even more. Uh, I think there's some weekday uh, door knockings now for the the last month before the primary. So we'll, we'll put some links in the description or something, but I'm sure you know how to find it. Um, because basically it's getting easier and easier for people to run for office in democratic territory and say all the right things, uh, to be based on even, even this isn't everybody, but you know, it is getting easier to be based on police abolition and run a campaign and get donations and get news coverage uh, to be real on economic issues, to talk about power on some level. Um, that is, that's the thing you can do. Um, but it, it can't be enough to just say the right shit. I'm not going to hold it against you or anybody for voting for someone because they were the most based name on the ballot. Um, you know, because they're out there saying, fuck the pigs and guillotine the rich. Those are cool things, and if on some level, like Canada is speaking to you because they're saying that kind of thing, then that's as good a reason to cast a vote as any. But it's not enough to get me excited about a campaign because ultimately, like, you know, talk is cheap. So, you know, being based is basically like the the root of my political theory. Um, <laughs> and sometimes that's all you're going to get to vote for, and that's fine, but that's not enough to get me out there. Nikita has already been out there. Uh, I don't mean because they've run for office and, you know, citywide here in Seattle before, though that probably helps in like a strictly horse race sense. I mean, Nikita has been out here as a leader in this community for a long time. Uh, if you don't know about Nikita Oliver, the attorney slash poet, let me uh, drop a few credits. They've been a leader in movements like no new youth jail. Uh, in Free Them All Washington. They're a founder of the Seattle Seattle People's Party. They're currently the director of their the organization they founded uh, called Creative Justice, which is an arts-based uh, criminal justice diversion program. And when it was needed most, when this city, along with every other city in this rotten country, was finally taking to the streets to demand some redress for the endless murder without trial by the state of our black neighbors. It was Nikita who was here in Seattle with decriminalized Seattle, who was already in place having organized to step up and lead a charge. Why do we have in this city, this, the most serious and comprehensive demands to organize around for, to, for uh, defunding SPD before anyone else in the country had anything like that. The answer is because Nikita Oliver and the people they've organized with and around were there uh, ready with that knowledge to bring that organization uh, and that at a time when it was needed. Nikita was there stepping up to lead. They've done the work. They've done it for years. They're already a leader now without running for this office they're a leader that a lot of people look to in this city 
and that's why uh, that's why I'm getting out there for Nikita Oliver. Greg, you've inspired me. I'm going to vote for Nikita with my neighbor's ballots. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that's what you should all do. Um, we know that uh, you know uh, voter fraud is not prosecuted in King County. Mm-hmm. So go hog wild. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah, rules are dumb. Uh, make sure you go to Magnolia, get every ballot you can out of people's mailboxes, <laughs> and use them to pencil in Nikita. Yeah, remember, this is a citywide race. Yeah. Um, so Laurelhurst, too. You know, we're not necessarily going to get a ton of the horse race here, but it's a very winnable one, I think, ultimately, yeah. for, uh, for Nikita. Mm-hmm. Well, and not only is it winnable, but like, um, you know, what I want to speak on too is, uh, you know, it's, it's rad to have like a good platform and even, you know, to be like someone who's part of your community. But if you're not doing the work to like connect with voters and like do that outreach, um, then like it might've not been a winnable race, you know, but like they have been kicking ass and field like literally since day one, since they announced, um, so yeah, I'm really excited to see getting out how it there, out. knocking those doors with large groups of volunteers for months before anyone else mm-hmm. in the state was doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, no one else was actually campaigning uh, that early, and you know, uh, doing a kind of you know we're going to get into this with the differences when we talk about some of the other candidates, but yeah, that's uh, another good point is that the kind of campaign that uh, it's Nikita a good campaign. Really strong yeah. team. Obviously, Munya is part of that team, so we love we love them. But like, they really are kicking ass. Um, yeah. So, and that's the kind of uh, you know, try, actually, you know, using uh, people to try and. Well, yeah, it's great to have like a good platform on your website, you know, like that's mm-hmm. awesome. But yeah, like that doesn't matter if you're not talking to people about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Or, right. I mean, there are other ways to get elected, um, but they're right. But, yeah. you know, like running for the endorsement of the Seattle Times or something. But right. It's not, you know, it's not something that's there aren't ways that are going to lead to anything. good. You know, like you can do the Seattle Times endorsement or you can do like what Nikita's campaign has done. And I mean, you can run down the list of endorsements on their website. They have like almost every major union in the city, including the MLK labor council, which for a socialist candidate, like that's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that means that some pressure from below is being applied to particularly in the case of the MLK uh, labor council. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was major organizing efforts that went behind that major, um, you know, not only on behalf of the, the staff of Nikita's, but yeah, like labor has really been throwing down, um, and yeah, that's, you know, again, that doesn't just happen, you know, like that's because mm-hmm. they've been kicking ass. So we and love that's, to see it. And, you know, this kind of campaign where you're actually trying to bring people in, trying to build a, you know, a mass politics mm-hmm. on some level isn't a guarantee that that's going to translate into power no. at your back to get things done if you get in there. But, <laughs> but it is a starting point for building that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like if you're not doing this, then you have no intention of uh, relying on, you know, m- mass politics or large numbers of people to get anything done. So, 
if you are thinking that maybe you want to volunteer, maybe you want to go out and knock doors, but you're worried that uh, it'll just be you and Greg out there, uh, there are cool, fun, normal people there too. So the chances oh, totally. of you with Greg very low, very low. So don't worry uh, if you know. If the organizers of the campaign asks <laughs> if you want to be paired up with an experienced uh, canvasser, don't worry. You won't get paired with me. I work alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's not just Greg's policy. That's the policy of the campaign. That Greg works right. alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's the semi-serious portion of the program where we talk earnestly about something that on some level we kind of actually believe in. <laughs> I know, disgusting, I know. Uh, now, the fun part. There's other people in this race. Okay? <laughs> uh, people in quotations. Are, are, there more, are, th are there more than two? I don't know. Who cares? I, for all I know, I didn't really do... A lot of research. It seems like there are just two. Uh, and we're going to start with, uh, so we've got, you know, we've got two here. We've got Brianna Thomas and our old friend, Sarah Nelson. That's right. <laughs> Sarah Nelson, the small business owner, founder of Fremont Brewing, who has come up many times on this podcast. Uh, you're going to have to stick around for the back half to hear that because we're going to start with Brianna Thomas. Brianna Thomas is currently, uh, though she must have resigned this by now to, to campaign, <laughs> was at least recently Lorena Gonzalez. Her previous job was Lorena Collins. Stop laughing at me. Was Lorena Gonzalez's uh, chief of staff. So a city council staffer, a top city council staffer. There's no easier way to get there, Greg. You did it. <laughs> okay, all right. Listen, <laughs> I'm doing my best here. Okay? Greg's doing a good job hosting. We, you know, he didn't know he's going to have to do it. He's doing great. So, uh, right off the bat, my first thought in diving into this is uh, a, a, a political staffer. Uh, Shudder. Bar. <laughs> I, I'll tell you. When I, Greg brought up, like, these are the two people we should look into, I just immediately looked at their bios and I said, I've already seen everything I need to see, both of, of whom are political science majors. And I was like, yep. Oh, no. Fuck out of here. Yep. Fuck out of here. Both of whom did their <laughs> undergrad in political science. They have both been top staffers on the Seattle City Council. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Nelson for Richard Conlon for many years um, before uh, he was defeated by Shama in 2013. Uh, so, yes, there's some similarities here for sure. And they both claim to be, uh, you know, committed progressives. <laughs> Will there be somebody who doesn't claim that in this election? In Seattle? We'll no, no. <laughs> this is progressive Seattle. Um, you know, we stopped asking the age old question, when did Seattle become progressive Seattle? Yeah. And I think it was, uh, my new theory is it was 2013 when yeah, Shamus yeah. was elected, actually. So, yeah, so a lot of similarities here. There are some differences because, of course, progressive Seattle means fucking nothing. And so basically <laughs> what we've got here is, you know, a fairly milquetoast lib, maybe not, 
you know, there's some sympathetic things to talk about here. There's some things that aren't awful about Brianna Thomas. Um, we're not really here to to drag uh, Brianna, though we will do that. Uh, <laughs> and then we've got the the conservative in the race, uh, Sarah Nelson. Okay, so on with Brianna Thomas for the background here again. Uh, they've worked for Lorena Gonzalez for a bit, most recently in the top slot as the chief of staff, you know, the chief advisor to Lorena Gonzalez um, over the last few years. She's run for city council before, ran in 2015 for District 1. That's the West Seattle district. She uh, lives in West Seattle. She finished fourth in that primary Mm, with 10%. uh, The Seattle Times endorsed Philip Tavill in that uh race uh which they declined to do i believe in uh 2019 yeah by the way we mentioned you could get a seattle times endorsement on your way to winning an election uh no no not not lately <laughs> no 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 that was, a, that, that was i said that was a way you could ago. campaign you know like that is a choice of a campaign you can run but no um so but okay so my first thought was the yes some of the first things i learned were uh, was once a political science major. Absolute. Sicko. Uh, yeah, scum of the earth. Um, bra- absolutely brain poisoned. Just like nothing makes you stupider than taking uh, political science coursework. Don't ask and us how we And you would know this, that. yeah. Uh, right. Well, Cassie, I hate to tell you this, but two-thirds of this podcast are political science majors. <laughs> One day I'm going to get out my political science homework from college and just read it on air. Oh, my God. That, no, you would you would per- permanently like take 20 points off the IQ of our entire audience. And, I mean, that would put them in single It digits. would lead to one of those like weird mass suicides that happens in multiple places at the same time. Oh, <laughs> like nobody God. could. They'll Awful. make movies about it for decades. I mean, you have me and Munya that are like business and finance majors, so I guess <laughs> this just, podcast yeah, is like, so who's, we need to who's end this. more problematic? Okay. Yeah, yeah Col- Colin, Colin, the, literally yeah. com- a computer scientist. Yeah. Literally, oh, we yeah. need to end this now. We are this, Seattle. This is, like, that is the actual yeah. absolute multidisciplinary. Yeah, triumph garbage. The yeah. absolute worst degrees <laughs> you can humans. possibly yeah. get. Yeah. Like, oh the, the, and look at us now. Like the departments that should actually be like buried alive um, <laughs> for in all universities. Like totally. as a la- as a like last resort to um keeping academia <laughs> around at all like yeah, you yeah. get one last chance but you have to kill all the political scientists <laughs> the entire business school and yeah. stop teaching computer science as well uh you know and we'll we'll try it and see if we can figure out what the hell is going wow. on i had a political science professor that used to always complain about uh during the cultural revolution he would say that mal made all the professors work in the fields i used to, like he'd always complain about this and i just stare at him be like oh I wish I could make you work in the fields, motherfucker. <laughs> One of these fucking days. I was like, I don't know anything about Mal, but he sounds cool as shit. That's yeah, all I know just, right yeah. now. And that, and that was uh, Brian's moment of radicalization. Yeah, so note to, my, note to self, look up Mal. <laughs> you were cool. being assigned Mal in that class? <laughs> Seems cool. Uh, okay, so now, okay, another knock against Brianna Thomas. Uh, yeah, a, a political staffer. 
something yeah. that I find just uh, repulsive are people who work in politics, <laughs> democratic politics. <laughs> and also, you. and this particular fucking strain of this super common, it's like half of how the Democratic Party works is people who like go to, who like look ahead and think, I want to be an elected. I want to work, do this. So the way I'm going to get there is to work in politics <laughs> and go be a staffer yep. and just treat it like a promotion. You know, like you yep. can do this and now you're going to get the next level. So this is Brianna <sighs> Thomas, chief of staff for uh, council president. Well, so so we have two different methods here, right? So as, you know, uh, Cassie Searcher of home, Nikita's path to politics is building movements on the ground uh, in communities, things like that. Uh, but this is the, as you were saying, Greg, the Democrat path to politics, which is Yes, the endless promotional ladder yeah. until you're eventually working in your way up. So, so now you know she has worked in City Hall under Lorena Gonzalez at the top spot and thinks the next le- and, and thinks the next level is okay. Now I get the promotion. Now my boss is moving on. I get to take my boss's seat. And this <laughs> she got is, her blessing. I'm sure. Like right. And uh, mm-hmm. this is this is like a diseased way for a. For a democracy to operate, okay, because like there should be basically there is there isn't any genuine connection between working in the office of an elected de- you know official in a democracy and like becoming that that mm-hmm. same elected official. No, and can I just say like I work with these losers all the time, and like yeah, they have zero solidarity with their fellow workers. It's literally mm-hmm. all just about like exploiting everyone else, like stepping over everyone else. You know, like they don't want anyone else to get a promotion or to do well, or you know what I mean. Like yeah, it's it's all about self preservation and like their own individual bullshit. And yeah. um, yeah, like that's the difference between Nikita. And this candidate is like, you know, you can look on this person's resume and say, like, sure, they have, quote unquote, the experience. But like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, well, now we're speaking in generalities about like this kind of person and how this like element on a resume works for the person who uh, presently holds the office, like is a real fucking turnoff for me. But, you know, I'm going to allow us to complicate the story here with Brianna Thomas a little. And acknowledge that previous to working for Lorena Gonzalez, what what Brianna Thomas parlayed into working for Lorena Gonzalez was working on was doing campaign work, um, mm, campaign mo- workers moderate out. like yep. moderately less loathsome, also really <laughs> nerds, but uh, <laughs> uh, so guys, please go out and door knock for Nikita yeah. Oliver. Um, but here's the thing. Actually, you know, this would be a lot easier. It would be a lot more clear cut if it was, you know, campaign manager for a bunch of, you know, shit lib Seattle Dems or whatever. The the things that are called out by a lot of people and on their resume for this are that they had that she had previously um, run the Yes for SeaTac campaign, which is the sort of groundbreaking campaign that got um, uh SeaTac a $15 minimum wage. Uh, yep, before really, Seattle had it. Yep. Be- yep. Before Seattle. That really kicked off the national, basic, you know, basically where the wave of like $15 an hour minimum wage uh, came from was mm-hmm. SeaTac Washington. 
and this campaign that's a successful campaign that apparently uh, Brianna ran as the as the campaign manager also then ran the honest elective elections initiative here in Seattle which gave us democracy vouchers also another uh, uh, good thing um so I think the picture that paints for me is that while like you know at first glance uh I you know very loathsome and that is moderated by the fact that this person you know has uh, been out there at least trying to do some good work. Uh, those were two important and good campaigns, and it's impressive. And um, so now, then, that kind of balances out what we've been talking about so far. So now it's time to get in to the actual policy. Okay. So <laughs> you're, you're entering the policy zone. <laughs> oh no. Uh. So. Uh. So you know the big thing that is on everybody's mind for the last year is uh, the pigs. Uh, I'm going to save that for a second because we're going to build up to that. So the question here is like, we're trying to identify like what kind of, what, like who is this person? This is not really a name. This isn't someone who's like a leader in the community in a way that anybody knows or in a way that's connected mm. to people. Uh, so we got to ask the question, like who is this person? And for that, we can go a few places. I'm going to start out here. Uh, where there, where she was quoted in The Stranger when her candidacy was announced back in late February. And it says, for Thomas, an equitable economic recovery means investing in communities hit hardest by the pandemic, which means Black-owned and other small businesses. Okay, uh, all right. That, you know, I mean... I'm already hearing the word small business in there, which is yeah. a dog whistle as far as I'm concerned. But it doesn't mean that, you know, us, you know, even even Shama has a good uh, plan for small business rent control. OK, like there we do actually uh, at the present moment need them. Uh, so uh, and other small businesses and also the city's creative sector. All right. You, are, you just fucking lost me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man talk about fucking dog whistles here um this is more i mean this it's not uh a dog whistle in that that is signaling anything racist i just mean it's like a pavlovian response i'm having yeah uh i've been i've well, been trained to salivate it's at, a dog whistle in saying that like hey guys i want to say that i'm gonna help poor people yep. but just so you know i'm not gonna help those ones you don't like i mean like kids whose trust funds haven't kicked in yet yeah. Those kind of poor people. The few, <laughs> yes, it's, we're going to, yeah, we don't need to actually take care of the poor people. We do need to have, with, you know, we can kick out the poor people in the city with the same policies we've had for decades, uh, as long as we preserve, like, a creative underclass of a few hundred people who yeah. can do some music gigs and, like, uh, do barista art and like yeah. uh, although although nothing too offensive or anything. So yeah. again, like the right types. Look, you know. talking about promoting a city's creative sector is fucking vibrancy horseshit. It's tired and fucking played out and absolutely fucking debunked Richard Florida horseshit, and it has no fucking place like in Seattle. Well. We should be fucking well over this. This is the shit they were selling 20 years ago. Yeah. That's the, what that is signaling, and fuck off. 
Well, and with that, I, that I'm going to okay, go on. Oh, I was going to say with that building collapse in Florida, you know, it reminded me of another event, which was in the Bay Area about five, six years ago, which was the ghost ship yeah. fire, which was essentially a squat that caught on fire, killed, I think, a dozen people and you know, endangered many more. And when people you know, asked the mayor, hey, what the fuck are you going to do about this? Like, you know, we have this you know, situation where the city's become increasingly unlivable. People are living in abandoned buildings because there's no affordable housing. And their response was also, well, we're going to create grants for artists so that they can yeah. stay living in the city. And again, this is a not so subtle cue to homeowners. We're still going to kick the poor out. But, you know, like if Bill Gates nephew runs like a T-shirt creating business, you know, or he like or he, uh, he paints pictures of you where your head's like large and your body is small and you're inside a car down by the pier. Uh, we'll give him a grant <laughs> to live downtown. Everybody else get the fuck out. You work at McDonald's, get the fuck out. You work at the warehouse, get the fuck out. <laughs> well, you say that, Brian, but I'm going to continue on in the same paragraph. <laughs> Seattle. This is a quote. Seattle is a music city, Ugh. an art city. <laughs> barf. <laughs> Fucking barf. Uh, we paint and we carve stone. Barf. It hasn't been affordable <laughs> for artists to create in the city fuck for them. some time. I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck. I would actually, I would prefer a policy that every artist has to leave town and every fast food <laughs> worker from outside town can live here now. Yeah. I would rather yeah. them than the fucking artists. I'd rather have a hamburger than a painting any day. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Look, I, nothing against actual, like, I don't personally have anything against, like, I having, do. I want to be clear. I do, actually. <laughs> having, like, a, uh, an actual, like, ability for some people to do art but like we know again this is part of a larger project that covers for fucking austerity politics yeah. and for gentrification and then promotes gentrification by this in the same sort of single sleight of hand uh we need to get back to the roots of who we are and that involves supporting small businesses <laughs> art Ew. spaces and Gross. mom and pop shops she said yeah. Yeah. If we awesome. had more art spaces, we would have a new Nirvana, guys. So, like, <laughs> uh -huh. just think of what that would change. Again, listen. There are ways to talk <laughs> about these things. There are positive ways to talk about these things. About how it is good for a community is vital to have for a thriving community to have support for arts, uh, and that's something that there is a candidate in this race who's very good at talking about in a holistic mm -hmm. way that isn't this fucking vibrancy bullshit. Yeah. And that person is Nikita Oliver, an artist themselves. And the, you know, the thing about all the art talk too is it's always funny how it never comes up. What if instead of just pretending that there's this class of acceptable poor people called artists, uh, people were just paid enough money, given decent enough housing, given enough time yeah. off from work that they could actually pursue their artistic yeah. interests or other interests they might have. But it's amazing that is left out of all of the of the art talk from every, you know, big city liberal. Because you hear the same shit in San Antonio. You hear the same shit in Austin, which I mean, ugh, the fucking shit that comes out of that city. I mean, fucking, you know, that that city alone is an argument for not having art at all as a species. Keep but. Seattle weird, everybody. <laughs> so uh, I think we know how we feel about that. Again, fuck off with this vibrancy shit. Um, yeah, trash. I, I, okay, here's another quote from this Stranger piece. Tom, Thomas took an environmental approach to her arguments in favor of more upzoning, 
saying that not legalizing apartments in more of the city was, quote, bad business for the earth. <laughs> Damn. What? <laughs> like, again, like, yeah, I, I. this is the thing. Like, so when you have a candidate like this, who I think we're discovering, again, there was some back and forth that may, maybe has done some good things, maybe even has some good qualities, mm-hmm. is basically a shit lib. Yeah. Like, there are look. We're all of course we should raise every single family home and and build large Soviet style apartment blocks all mm-hmm. over the city. Obviously, we're in favor of that. Um, obviously, yes, that is good for the earth and a lot of other things. But there's a there's there's ways to talk about this stuff that isn't bullshit. I guess is all. I'm Anyone saying. who says bad business for the earth, like you're a loser. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, just, this is just nonsense. Like, Whatever. We don't have to dwell on this one. It was just a, a bit of well, cringe. You know. Look, I mean, it's totally a, cringe. Oh yeah, and there was a salon article that came out just like three days ago that I was uh, reading earlier today. That's full of insane shit. About how all these people that helped get Kristen Cinema elected were like felt very uh, you know betrayed because you know like yeah. oh, I thought she was going to do all these things. It's like you know these people do tell you who they are right. That's early what, on. Yes. You just have to listen. Yes. Have to fucking listen. Thank you. You're listening right now, folks. So that that was from the stranger back in February. Okay, so now all right, we're going to go to the source here. www.peopleforbriana.org. <laughs> The meet Brianna section. So presumably in her own words. Something we talked about last week maybe was like how people get into the system, get into politics, get into office, and for some reason feel the fucking need, even progressives, to take ownership of the status quo and Mm -hmm. fucking sell it to people. This is what Democrats think their fucking job is. I want you to listen to this. Seattle has set the bar nationally for workers' rights, <laughs> okay, honestly, yeah, we probably do have be- better protections than so most sad. places in America. Yeah. No, no, what on she, some level, what she means is Amazon being the nation's soon-to-be largest employer has set the bar nationally. For <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rights. Okay, there you go. Holy shit! <laughs> Fuck, uh. dude. Shit, that is what she's. Do- Damn. Damn, Brian. Brian, unlocking the, the fucking code. code because that is okay. Well. That fits very well with the rest of this because yeah, that is probably what yeah. she's saying is like Amazon's fifteen dollar minimum wage nationally, Ew. which start you know with here starts. Oh my with god, 15, you're so right. With, with their you know they're the Seattle. Holy shit. Okay, set the bar nationally for workers' rights. I was gonna <laughs> sort of jokingly give her that one um, because I mean no, because like the city country. of Seattle does have some protections and for America workers that a lot doesn't. of other places do not like for example yeah. like they ban the black box like all those sort of mm-hmm. things like that is good so but yeah I, I don't think that's what they mean <laughs> I wonder if there's one member of the city council who deserves more credit for that than, uh, hmm. huh yeah you know? yeah right yeah huh. um it, yeah hmm. again yeah Brianna Brianna Thomas not exactly like running on like linked arms with Shama Swan here okay yeah. Set the bar nationally for workers' rights, livable wages. Disgusting. Livable wages. This is this is like what was it, the New York mayor's race early on when they asked them like, "What's the cost to, to buy a house in Brooklyn?" And they're like, "What Someone could it cost? Like, Fifty thousand dollars?" Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. livable wages. So this this a like real Lucille Bluth moment this is here. Babble. Okay, this is this is just like 
this is someone whose head is so far up their ass in like in their like intra city hall like you know this is campaigning for the fucking Mm -hmm. seattle times endorsement okay oh yeah well because like what the fuck does that mean yeah if you're an idiot seattle if you're the ed board of the seattle times or you're the or you're one of their idiot readers you're like, oh yeah, that's right, because we have a because they passed that fifteen dollar minimum wage I was against. You're right, we are a leader mm-hmm. on livable wages. Yeah, when you're also Brian, like, you crunched like, the math earlier. Yeah, and also like you know, a lot of people are looking at and they're like, well, there's like what six hundred fifty thousand people in the Seattle city limits uh, who live here technically, and they're all mostly alive. So therefore, the wages must be livable. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my yeah. God. No, we like hilariously <laughs> earlier because we kind of Greg read this to me. We started joking about it. And I was like, OK, well, let's take, you know, she wants credit for the $15 an hour minimum wage. OK, so annually, you know, 2080 hours. That's a full year of work. You get $31,200 before taxes. Right. So I was like, I wonder what a one bedroom apartment is on average in Seattle. So I checked a few, you know, four or five different websites that give you apartment averages. We went ahead and took the lowest average of the bunch, which was eighteen hundred a month. Uh, that only comes out to twenty one thousand six hundred a month. So, a year. or sorry, a year. So, yes, it's very livable for more than two thirds of your wages before taxes, cool. going yeah. straight to the fucking apartment that you live in, straight to your landlord. Famously, what is <laughs> we are we are in a livability fucking crisis, yeah, a, a housing disaster. crisis, yeah. a homelessness crisis, and you're out here telling. Your campaign, for some reason, again, taking ownership of the status quo, trying to as, trying to embody it, sort of, this embody the status quo and at, sell it back to the voters as an expression of your camp candidacy. Why you would choose to do that, I have no fucking idea. This is why Democrats fucking lose. This yeah. is fucking Hillary shit. This is like... No, uh, and you know what it is? It's Joe Biden. I saved you guys 16 cents on 4th of July barbecue. <laughs> like, literally. Oh, yeah. like, my God. No, but, like, branding it is like, wow, like, we made so much change. We've done such a good job. And it's like, oh, so, like, yeah, you're the reason why nothing has changed. Cool. Yeah, I mean, to be, to be fair, in Joe Biden's mind, though, that 16 cents, that's, like, three trips to the movies. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, totally. That's three, like, nudie films you have to crank to watch. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's three different uh, exotic women <laughs> getting in and out of a bathroom oh at 12 frames a second. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. All right. To review, Seattle has set the bar nationally for workers' rights, livable wages, and drum roll, please. Here it comes. Police accountability. <laughs> Ew. Just fuck off. Gross. It. The, I, I think a little review of Lorena. So we don't know, obviously, what Brianna Thomas would have done in the last several years on council, right? But she was working for Lorena Gonzalez. We do know what Lorena Gonzalez did. Well, first of all, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> She's taking ownership. That's what I'm trying to say. No, She's yeah. saying. We read, are the, leading- read the end of the quote. Yeah. Oh, go for it. And I am proud to have led on these efforts from inside City Hall and in the community as an advocate and organizer. So, yeah, I mean, again, just a a, a quick review, right? In 2017, June of 2017, 
The Seattle City Council does the only bit of actual police reform that's ever happened under the consent decree, which is they passed the police accountability ordinance, which actually would have made it easier to prosecute police officers and investigate their many crimes. Uh, What did Lorena Gonzalez do shortly after? Well, in November 2017, just five months later, she voted for the fucking SPOG contract. A contract that, by the way, has a little addendum at the very end that says it matters between where the contract and the uh, uh, city ordinances conflict. The contract is what is to take precedent, right? She literally voted to overturn the fucking police accountability ordinance through the signing of the police accountability or through the signing of the SPOG contract, to which... The Civilian Police Commission, who, by the way, had helped to get Lorena in office, who had endorsed her and all this kind of shit that Lorena had pushed for, actively came out and said, I don't know why she did this. Lorena then came out and said, look, uh, here, I'll quote from Lorena's statement uh, to the the city and the Civilian Police Commission about why she stabbed them in the fucking back. She (laughs) says, well, today is one of those days where I find myself in the unfortunate position of agreeing with some of the observations made by my friends at the CPC. Just observations, mind you. What she means is actually reading the fucking contract while disagreeing as to others and fundamentally disagreeing as to the impact this contract has had on our ongoing police reform efforts. Log that in your brain. Disagreeing uh, as to the appropriate next step to take to continue making progress on police reform. So within what? A year of that, uh, I guess a year and a half of that, we had a single weekend where the Seattle Police Department had 12,000 complaints filed to the OPA (laughs) against it, of which the OPA did absolutely nothing. Or I don't know. How about the report last week, as noted in the South Seattle Emerald, where uh, the OPA exonerated SPD for their essentially rioting when protesters went down to protests at Spog headquarters. SPD, if you remember, ran through the crowd, were beating people, tear gassing people, and playing don't uh, save a horse, ride Ride a a cowboy cowboy on the loudspeakers while they did it. (laughs) They even cut like a fun reel for themselves of it. And the Office of the Inspector General, which oversees for the consent decree OPA decisions, they reviewed this decision in which the OPA said, actually, everything SPD did was great. We love it. You know, wrote their name next to it. it says more Brooks and done next time or big and rich or whatever the fuck that shit is. And the officer inspector general says, hey, OIG, this is literally from the report. OIG cannot certify the investigation as thorough or objective, but OIG does certify the investigation as timely. Well, I thank God, (laughs) which, by the way, is another comment about the OPA's tendency to drag their feet so that the contract, uh, the contract has a set limit for how long you can investigate a police officer. The OPA famously always drags their feet past that limit so that therefore they can't do anything uh, in the investigation. Uh, Something that, by the way, would have been gotten rid of by the police accountability ordinance. Oops. Whoa, oopsie. Lorena Gonzalez signed that away. Sorry. Okay, so, but it is, wait a minute. What, one last thing, though, is that basically the OIG said that while there's deficiencies in this investigation, they feel like it can't be done again out of respect for the fact that they, they just don't think that thoroughness and objectivity can't, or the, the problems with thoroughness and objectivity cannot be remedied. Basically saying they don't think the OPA <laughs> can reevaluate the situation because they are not capable Tight. of evaluating the situation. Yeah. They literally are not capable of, of so I guess, uh, 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 SPD. That's, that's not us saying that. That's not Shama Sawan's office saying that. That's literally the organization created to monitor the OPA by the consent well, decree. and as we'll learn, created in part by 
uh, yeah. Brianna T- Thomas. Yeah. So, and, well, not forget just get what I'm sorry, one more point, Greg, that I get to throw in here. Along with her, you know, comments about, you know, oh, this is why I decided to stab the CPC in the back. Uh, Lorena said, look, you know, I supported uh, signing the spot contract because I believe it is time for us to take the next step in the process and to provide fair wages to our officers who have Ugh. been paid 2014 wages. Here's a fun fact. Do you know when the $15 an hour minimum wage passed in Seattle? 2014. Hmm. You know who doesn't care about 2014 wages when it comes to, I don't know, working at McDonald's? <laughs> yeah. Apparently fucking Brianna Thomas or Lorena Gonzalez, but a fucking pig who starts at 120 grand a fucking year in this city. Apparently, no, they, they need a wage bump. You yeah. know, that's the reality uh-huh. of these candidates. Look, we're talking about <sighs> the record of Lorena Gonzalez, Brianna Thomas's boss, and I'm sorry, that's valid. Like, yeah. Democrat brain wants to be able to play this double game. And she says right there, she wants to uh, take credit for it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I was going to say, like, I would say otherwise, like, you know, if if a, a boss did something like the worker obviously is not um, right. like irresponsible, like in itself. But like, yeah, she is saying I am proud to have led these efforts from inside City Hall. I don't know how you should read that. Like, <laughs> when you yeah. don't. But l- there's lots of different ways to do politics. OK, when your way of doing politics is to come up in you know, in a sort of political structure like this, this is what we have to go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, right. Uh, sh- uh, she goes on to say, during my time at City Hall, I have led negotiations for police accountability legislation. Well, okay. Like, again, if you were to come out and say, listen, I've been in City Hall. I know what the fucking problems are. I know why the uh, OPA is fucked. I know why we got fucked uh, and why my idiot boss mm-hmm. voted for that fucking uh, spog, contract. Uh, spog contract. We might be talking about something else. We might still not, not be talking about someone with any connection or to, or organizing in the community, but we the our, our politics might be a little better. But that's not what's happening here. She She's playing this double game where she's trying to like confuse all this shit and said, I've, and speak to two different crowds at once here. By saying, I've led negotiations for police accountability legislation. She's somehow, in her Democrat brain, um, trying to triangulate between people who actually want something to fucking change at SBD, reading that and going, oh, that's police accountability is good. And the Seattle Times Ed Board yeah. knows that mm-hmm. those efforts like basically upheld what they want in the yeah, end, yeah. which is nothing to change. And so, I don't, it's this bullshit can, uh, so she says, I've you know, it's a bullshit fucking uh, triangulation. I've negotiated for police accountability legislation, the surveillance ordinance in collaboration with ACLU Washington that had to do with um, uh, fucking body body worn cameras, which, you know, again, is sort of like a, a lib like uh, reform ploy and the secure scheduling ordinance uh, provide providing greater worker protections for employees in restaurants and retail. Those those are good things. I established and stood up the city's officer of the inspector general to ensure fairness and integrity in our <laughs> law enforcement system. <laughs> you can't write this shit. It's like it. It sounds like the office of inspector general, which is this add on to try and fucking. Yeah, to fix, monitor the OPA, like, to monitor the fucking function. OPA, which is supposed to be added in the cops. Sounds like it's not doing a complete farce like the OPA is, and maybe in that way is 
is working more as intended, but again, without coming out and saying that these efforts at police reform up to this point have been a farce, but instead trying to claim the status quo and sell it to me, the reader, I'm sorry. Like you don't get to fucking claim anything good to come out of the office of the inspector general. And, like and confuse people with like language like to ensure fairness and integrity in our law enforcement system, which when read that way, absent of the context and any kind of deeper analysis, sounds like you're selling the mm-hmm. fairness and integrity of our law enforcement system to the voter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ending in, I have advanced solutions to our most pressing issues from a, from a place of empathy and in a pursuit of justice. I mean, whatever meaningless pablum. Yeah. Dribble. I'm done with this person, right? Yeah. I mean, awful. I'm sorry. Like, maybe, maybe you have decent progressive politics. And, yeah. But I may, maybe you did at one time. I don't care. I don't care. There's lots of people out there. You've, if if that was ever true, I don't know. I don't care. I I'm not a progressive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but like, what? Maybe that's the narrative. Maybe you decided to take this job in City Hall mm. and have become a fucking Democrat brain loser who's now trying to sell mm. the fucking sell, basically sell the regime of the the effect. The totalizing effect here is to sell the consent decree regime to the voter as like it's working. Yeah, we have the most advanced fucking police force in the country, and the, our accountability is a number one. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> just don't look into it anyway, right? Uh, just fucking brutal. And, you know, look, if uh, she was all the progressive she claimed she was and all this bullshit, uh, she wouldn't be writing against Nikita. So there you go. I mean, that's it. Too. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> you know, there's other spots on the council you could run for. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, she chose this one. Well, so that's interesting. I mean, you know, to get into some of the horse race of it. Uh, Nikita held out. For a while, mm-hmm. um, yeah, started campaigning before long before anyone else, but actually announced later than anyone else. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, as if there was like a plan, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> unlike these other people. Um, when Brianna Thomas announced at the end of February, Sarah Nelson was already in the race. Um, so you can imagine Brianna Thomas thinking like, because you know, people had been needling at Nikita for a while and it had always been deflected and you know um uh if you're Brianna Thomas you're looking in that thinking well if Nikita doesn't get in then the stranger endorsement is open is gettable sure right and so you're thinking well the Seattle Times endorsement is going to go to Sarah Nelson the the uh Fremont crank woman <laughs> uh, conservative asshole, and maybe I can pick up as the more believable progressive. I can maybe pick up the yeah. uh, uh, the stranger endorsement, which matters, you know. But see, this is horse race brain bullshit because the thing is, even if she'd announced before, once the kid announced, she would have been like, "Oh, this is a person who's infinitely more electable than me." If again, if she, she be- if she believed all the things she actually claims to believe. Should say yeah. this person is infinitely no, more elected yeah. than me. Has fucking standing in the community. It would actually get has, the things I want to get done done. 
So why no, am but, I standing in the way right, right here? But see, for her, like, she's looking at it as, like, obviously she's never going to challenge Lorena. Like, she's not going to challenge Teresa mm-hmm. because, like, she sees them as, like, figures of power. She sees Nikita as just community. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's she's willing to challenge yep. and to, like, burn bridges with community, but not with power. And I think, like, that speaks yep. to who they are. So Speak. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's the summation right yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that brings us to, if you guys haven't seen this, I would check this out. I guess, you know, endorse, paper and newspaper endorsement season is coming. So Stranger has been doing, evidently, their, you know, election control board meetings where they actually have all the candidates for a race and have, like, a conversation. And they published, a, because I guess it was so interesting, uh, they published some of this uh, co- conversation for the in the District Nine race surrounding um, SPD and defund, etc. Um, and it's a really interesting conversation. Most of the meat of it is Brianna Thomas and Nikita Oliver talking about you know what to do with um, SPD going forward. Nikita talking about uh, continually defunding ten to twenty percent every year, uh, building that into new all kinds of new programs, stuff we know that go back to the defund SPD demands of which Nikita was uh, a very big part. And uh, Brianna Thomas comes off okay in this discussion, actually talking about sort of trying to take like a pragmatic attitude, you know, but leaving out all the details. So, I mean, if you just read that is what I mean, you might go like, Oh, this doesn't sound so bad, but of course, but we've already dug deeper and we know, and, and she's not talking about, taking their money away talking about changing the culture of spd Ugh. like a little at a time over it's it's bullshit reform bullshit yeah. Yeah, yeah um no and i think like we can agree that yeah like brianna like probably has like you said like prog- some progressive values or whatever like you know she's not probably like a terrible human but um yeah just like not a good analysis of like power etc I, mean, I genuinely don't like people with good progressive values but i guess <laughs> i mean i, I mean I but i do th- i think that like it something that like we do have to deal with is like yeah. if we do want to like have solidarity like get wins etc like we do have to work with people like that sometimes but yeah it's like obviously when we have nikita is fucking no Look, I mean, this is well-trodden territory here on this show, but, like, the defund SPD demands, the continuing sort of demand to defund SPD and reallocate that money to uh, other social programs and to community, is the adults in the fucking room talking yeah, about how to deal absolutely. With the problems mm. of our society. And Brianna Thomas, even in this discussion, isn't willing to come out and even talk about cutting money it's like yeah hedging on like well i don't think you know we should be talking set numbers like yes we should like reimagine how some of these things are doing she concentrates a lot when she talks about this stuff and in this um discussion about um you know how not everything should be responded to with a cop with a badge and gun you know mm-hmm. and this is you know a very this this is like the 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 reasonable sounding line that like your progressive libs are sort of latching onto because it's something that they sat, feel like they can sell to conservatives and even cops themselves. Yeah. You know, like you don't want to be doing this. You don't want to be responding to these homelessness crises, mental health crises. We need to do other things. And the, 
thing about that every fucking time. That's the same shit that fucking Carmen Best would talk about. Yeah, I say police PR people say this all the time too. This is always it. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is in that in all those formulations where you're not talking about that in conjunction with taking their fucking money. Yeah. I promise you the assumption is you cut all that work out of away from police and you don't take the fucking money. Yeah, yeah. They right. keep the same number of cops and they keep the same number of things and they just have more time on their fucking hands. And what the fuck do you think they're going to do with it? So I, I just don't have any time for that shit. But so this is this long discussion. I'm only going to we're not going to read for most of it. The actual like substantive parts. I would check it out. Um, and look forward to reading the uh, Stranger endorsements, I'm sure, coming out shortly. But this is near the end. They've been talking about confusion around the consent decree and, you know, the city trying to get out of it just before the uprisings. And now the consent decree being like a possible impediment to change, something that we've talked about, impediment to defunding, to doing a lot of other things. This is a whole long story that they were getting into. And they start talking about the the problems with like communicating these issues to public and how the city has not been good about that and has been coming from kind of a disingenuous place a lot of the time. And Nikita is talking about like being able to communicate these things to community. And again, I suggest you read it. And now I'm going to quote from the stranger. Nelson, who had been sitting mostly quiet during all of this, <laughs> meaning this whole discussion <laughs> on the police, which she's not quoted, I think, in the entire rest of the piece, the whole like meat of it, but apparently is in this Zoom call, jumped in. You said the word community, Nelson said, but there are community members with different opinions within community about defund itself. Oh my God. Thomas responded <laughs> to Nikita's point earlier. That is the role of the CPC, and I think I think so far where the CPC is not in the graces of Judge Robart on any, any given day is because they're over-indexing on a specific group, which is normally BIPOC communities, which makes intuitive sense since those are the communities most harmed. Okay, Again, that has to do with context from the original yeah. discussion, but you get the gist of her last comment there. Thomas explained to Nelson that the CPC would be doing a better job of indexing with whiter communities, but they've really been focused on the people most impacted by policing. Nelson said she was referring to black people who were against defunding and Mm. cited the op-ed in the Seattle Times by Davida Briscoe the director of Not This Time. Mm. Uh, That was a real treat. I don't think the black community is a monolith, Oliver said. I think this is the struggle of governing because doing the right thing does not always mean the most popular thing. (laughs) So that's just a little interesting exchange there um, to introduce us to Sarah Nelson, who's like... uh, but wait, I'm not even talking about white opposition to defunding. I read an op-ed in the Seattle Times, and um, did you know uh, most black people actually like the police? <laughs> and uh, then you have, you know, um, Nikita coming in and saying something actually truthful and real yeah. uh, that isn't bullshit. 
political yeah. bullshit. Uh, a little tally on Sarah Nelson's part that uh, the black people that she's referencing are only exist on the pages of the Seattle Times. For yeah. like, Look, I mean, like, I, I read the story about says, the blacks. And not, a, not a monolith, okay? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously, certain people are going to be instrumentalized yeah. by yeah, yeah. Uh, power to. But also, just very funny. That's the only place Sarah Nelson well. finds. The right? Black yeah. She almost, she's basically saying my black friend wrote an op-ed in the Seattle yeah. Times. Whoa. Did you hear that record scratch? I don't need to do that. I'm just going to actually put the record scratch in. No, no, I heard it. Yeah, I mean, I heard it too in my mind. Uh, woof, boy. We, uh, we had a good old time talking about local politics. Wait a minute. We do that every week. Local elections. Oof. Uh, and we just, we just had too much good stuff to say about Brianna Thomas and especially everyone's favorite, Sarah Nelson. Tara full Nelson as, and we did a full other episode about her. Yeah, we sure did. So if you want to listen to the conclusion of our position nine, 2021 saga, uh, where we discuss, uh, perennial loser and uh either seattle's future Kristen cinema or as brian uh had theorized maybe seattle's new and future tim iman (laughs) yeah yeah she guess tim iman is on his way out sarah nelson's taking i mean sarah now who better right small business crank has girl boss elections girl boss loses every election right uh but and likes to stick her nose in on all the issues like yeah. $15 minimum wage, like the head tax, like ready to start running some fucking initiatives. OK, yeah. let's yeah. do it from the right. OK, um, if you want to tune into that incredible discussion, make your way over to Patreon, just like our new patron Anna M did. Uh, thank you, Anna. Welcome. Mm-hmm. You're going to get to listen to the Sarah Nelson discussion and more on this week's Patreon. Check that out. That's the rest of the episode, uh, the discussion here. Uh, that's on Patreon. It's You go to a website, you give us $5 a month. We have more episodes every week. Yeah, look, you guys know how to do it. You're choosing not to. And I'm not going to lie, it hurts. Wow. Cool. All right, everybody. <laughs> Hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, Very long, jam-packed episode. This Two hours of thorough analysis. Yep. Yeah, this... Uh, dirtying of our souls sort of (laughs) this uh sullying of our reputation by wading into this electoral nonsense uh the i'm sorry again i want to apologize for the earnestness at the top of the episode um we normally have a whole extra regular episode every week in addition to the one you're listening to now that's available on the patreon last week we didn't because it was too fucking hot. Fuck off. I didn't want to. Uh, but there's also other, con- you know, we have other content coming out on both streams. Check it all out. Support us. Um, even yeah. if you're not going to listen to the Patreon, we, you know, we'd like your money. Helps us keep doing this. Yeah, we uh, are going to have a very, you know, or we're, we're potentially working on a very fun Patreon episode uh, where we see with our third eye this week. You could be one of the lucky listeners who gets to hear it. Anna Ooh. M was one of the lucky listeners who got to hear the third installment of the 70 part series on LBJ that me and Justin are doing on Sunday. 
That's not listening to part three yet. Anna M. That's a win for Anna. Yeah. Um, Did you did 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 we make it like (laughs) to the fifties even? We're no, no. To be fair, no. So this, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Wow, this is going to go on for the as long as we're doing this podcast, the uh, jumbo series. Look, look, people, you're not going to want to wait until this is free to hear it. I reveal my opinion about abstract expressionism. I use the word POMO in the, in the actual oh, conversation. Okay, I'm going to have to wow. tune into this shit. Yeah, and we learn fun Trotsky facts, all right? So cool. oh, no. these are three reasons you want to listen to our podcast, once again, about Lyndon Baines Johnson, okay. where I talk about That's abstract Brian expressions, POMO, and Trotsky. Uh, on the Jumbo the Jumbo cast, uh, check that out. The newest episode is on out on Patreon right now. Um, hopefully you're tuning into the seventh installment of a song of philanthropy and pedophilia our uh seven part epic retrospective we did uh, what george r. r martin Gates. couldn't what's that we did what george r. r mark couldn't we finished our seven part series yeah and brian's been putting that together so uh check that out it's great they're old clips from old episodes uh they're short um they're just like the good the the gold the the nuggets you know pulled from old it's, episodes it's all the bill gates facts so yeah if you want like a primer on bill gates now you've got it all all the best shit is there seven seven part series um also everybody should go check out the newest episode of deadbeat film society <laughs> I was waiting for that because patiently. <laughs> uh cassidy <laughs> has been out there they've now completed the they've caught them all they've completed the <laughs> box set of uh, mechanical freak uh guests on that show cassidy watched uh nomad land with our friends over there and uh it's a great episode check it out yeah it rocks uh very strong uh, pro worker content in the podcast. Strong recommend. It's very good. Also, she yeah. works for the Amazon Camper Force, which you guys talked about yeah. in one of the best of Seattle Sucks episodes that I listened to. Just saying. So yeah, that's yep. right. We did that. Yeah. We did a. We, that's one of our better uh, opening. Yeah. Sketches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Full circle. Uh, okay. Cool. So thanks everybody, and good night. Bye. Bye.